listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Okay, hi, podcast audience. This is going to be our Valentine show. So we're going to do my funny Valentine. And in other words, it's going to be more of a, a love uh, show rather than just the jazz and the scatting. Um, so here we go with our Valentine show. One, two, three, four. Um, let's, let's do it again. Alrighty, um, we don't actually need to do the talk back. Just we can start with the song because I can edit that in. Okay. Already?
your laughs and greet Is your mouth a little weak Open it just me Are you smart? just talking here about first like to welcome our podcast audience and um and also oh, i did a little valentine uh, presentation for the beginning of the of the show um it's valentine's day next week and we, we won't be we'll, we'll we'll be broadcasting after that so i thought i did a valentine's day so that's for the audience my my valentine my funny valentine it's a richard rogers and um, and Manhattan, two kind of New York tunes. But Is that Richard Rogers of Rogers and Hammerstein? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, the great Broadway people who wrote uh, many Broadway shows. Okay, um, so that you'll be you'll be hearing the theme of that. All right, so I just was told that this is our two hundred and seventh, which means. Last season, we did a full, whatever, how many we did last season, and seven into this new season. Well, I can't believe it. Yeah, I think it means like second, two, and then zero, seven, meaning it's the second year. Second year. Year of it, and then it's show number seven. Okay, so Ray clarified that. Okay, now, points to cover today, but for first place, we're calling the second part a descent into... Uh, soul, towards soul. But you can use other words for that according to your own orientation. To conscience, to the Eastern world we call the Atman, um, enlightenment, different things. A special kind of part of us that's... Uh, what do they call it in Los Angeles? I don't even have a name for it. It's so far away. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> they don't have the, no no identity in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, no no basic identity. A lot of people are involved in. I mean, Los Angeles. Yeah, there's works here, and people are pursuing it, even without that theme. So anyway, the descent into that, but. Um, the practice, what I've said prior to that is a little foundation that the tools Ray and I will bring as we start this journey, and if you start it with us, you can be reminded of, is mindfulness. Mindfulness, 
in our daily life into every ordinary thing that we do. Remember last week he said, we said from getting up in the morning to every task that's in front of us, it's a moment-by-moment awareness. So right now, right now I could think of that, what at this minute is a special awareness we can take to this moment? And we can feel that in ourselves. Instead of this just being automatic and what special attention and awareness that we could have here today. And I'm thoughtful of my feet touching the floor, being grounded in the body, feeling some sensations in the body, my hands, I can feel them in there. And I check my posture and I see my spine is fairly straight. Um, So I can begin to have a presence to follow my awareness. So both Ray and I are thoughtful of that. Breathing is another one, huh? And breathing. Yes, and breathing. That's an important <coughs> aspect of it, and breathing as well. Now also, I want to add, and this, this is really a key part, is tension and relaxation. To really... So as Ray and I are sitting here and you're sitting at home or on your podcasters, I mean, what do they call that thing? That little machine, a pod machine? iPod. iPod. I don't know who's worse at this stuff, you or I. Oh, my memory. Um, so whatever it is, you, you, you'll bring that awareness. Okay, yeah. The new dynamic I'm, now, I'm bringing today is a real special attention, attention to tension and relaxation. The bipolar of what we live in, one or the other. So to feel that, feel tension brings on a lot of. Um, it, no, it takes up a lot of energy when we're tense. We contract, the muscles go in, um, we get very self-conscious, and we could, um, this could, uh, the blood pressure could change, the heartbeat races. Tension is when the body's in a state of some kind of possibility of harm or threat. You know, way back in the beginning of Stone Age, man, uh, when they had to look out each crack of a leaf or Noise could be a great threat to them. Well, we have the same thing, only we have it in a modern society. And those same threats are not the same. But we use detention in that way. And it usually has us become aggressive and sometimes violent, prideful, taking a lot of pride. It's, in other words, it's dictated by ego. It quickly gets into the ego world. And it's trying to save itself from a threat. That's what its main idea is. So all through this show and in your life, check in and begin to see the signs of tension. So we usually feel a little anxious, something's starting to make us a little anxious. Maybe we're called on something or uh, you know, some meeting or... Um, 
Tension yep. brings on like a lot of um, automatic pilot, you know, mm-hmm. like the the go to personality stuff, right? You know, like me being whatever you know obnoxious or whatever go to stuff I have. That that, ten- but I don't think a lot of people are really aware that they're even under tension. I don't think it's really that visible. Yeah, yeah. The race, race, really making a good point. It's it's automatic. It's it's a, it's the height of activity, auto, automatic um, reactivity. It's so wired in that um, we're not even aware of it. So, but we're asking you as part of our journey and for Ray and I to be aware of it. Sometimes certain words will trigger it. Um, and when our image is being threatened in some way, or we don't look right in some form or another. Um, Couples do it all day long. Yeah, it's very much in when people live closed in relationship, domestically and at work. Um, there's triggers, there's feelings of anxiousness. You can feel your heart pump a little faster when you're in an anxious situation. Um, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I have a funny one to give you, but last night I was about to go into, I was just drove up to where, at the, the work that I go to, uh, the, 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 um, the Gurdjieff work, it's called. Uh, and I was in the parking lot, and I thought I would check the Clipper score. So before I got out of the car, I tuned in the Clipper score, and it was like a fourth quarter. It was 6.30. was the last quarter. And they're my Clippers, boy. I'm rooting for the Clippers. And I thought, oh, boy. And I really, this last quarter could go either way. The Clippers had a 10-point lead, but, you know, they could fade quite quickly. But I had to, I looked at my clock, and I was just three minutes before getting the meditation hall. So I jumped out of the car, and I you know, shut the radio, jumped out of the car, and I ran into Now I had to go into a deep relaxation of, of um, meditation, but that clipper situation hummed in me. I felt a tension from it. I wanted, I wanted the meditation to be over with so I can get it. I figure 6.30, to play a quarter is about a half hour, almost exactly a half hour. And I would finish the meditation at 7, and I'd run, run back out to the parking lot, and it should be just the last minute of play, almost the very i catch the last minute. And so all during that meditation period, I was working to calm myself and what the clippers were in my mind, and um, I had to really contain myself and be still and so on. It's an example of that. I, I felt this tension. If I didn't have this tension of knowing that score, having to get back, it would be much different and I could relax much easier. So I had a real little challenge. First place to sit there for the half hour um, still. And um, so finally getting to around seven and the person announced uh, the end of the meditation, I, you know, I grabbed my sweater and I ran out. I ran out to the parking lot, all anxious all this time, feeling like, you know, I'll probably catch the last 30 seconds. And I turned the radio on, and uh, yeah, I just, I think it was just over. Or, and, uh, and when I heard, you know, that the Clippers won, yeah, won. 116 to 108 or something. 
the tension began to leave, began to relax more. See, that's an example, just in every day. It's a fully, it's kind of a silly one, you know, to do with sports and going into meditation. But it is an example. Now, if I didn't go into meditation, of course, I would have watched it or paced around or something. But I had to go to this extreme opposite, total stillness. And now that extreme really put it to me that I really saw the difference. Okay, so that's an example of... So maybe we want to check that in ourselves. Also, as Ray and I sit here, I am I don't have that tension because of that, uh, of some particular thing. So I find a general relaxation. Relaxation, in a state of tension, we can't be open. We're closed. The tension is a closed door. But you, can, you can feel it on people. I mean, the funny thing is, like, are you all right or whatever? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm fine. What are you talking about? And I don't think I don't think there's that much awareness to it. You know what I mean? Even the way you explained, you know, being kind of torn with the Clipper game last night, and you know, and seeing that juxtaposition where you have to go into you know a, a deep meditation. Uh, I don't know of that many people walking around or even cognizant of like that little thing that you just talked about. But yet it's so much bigger than that and you're walking around with it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have eyes for it. Yeah, and that's why we're kind of here today to at least to begin to have an awareness that there is that. Uh, see, and the other thing it taught me is how... You know, look at that part of me that's so interested in that game, you know, that's almost willing to give up the meditation. I mean, I I wouldn't, but, um, you know, it makes me see that part of me. You know, it's still very alive after all this work, and, um, you know, you begin to see. All this is to begin to see yourself. That's part of our life this um, descent is part of it. We have to be able to see all different parts of ourselves um, in even the most subtle way. Um, let me give you another subtle example. I think I, I've been also working with is the trying bright speech, which is, oh, I could have put that in the list too. I've actually forgot it. Um, but Buddhists makes a, a pretty big deal about right speech. If we really saw how we and heard how we talk to people and the kind of words we use and what our intentions are, um, it would be (laughs) astounding. (laughs) For a moment, just get... uh, And so I've been working with very little things, just to give an audience an example. I have this thing in the morning where... Uh, Lynn and I go to Mass together, and um, I'm really trying to see how I'm speaking to her, because we both just jumped out of bed, and it's um, it's cold, and it's dark, and neither one of us want to give up, get up and everything, and the cats are wanting to be fed and meowing. and So we got a little job in the morning of, first place, waking up to morning mind, 
That's another term, mourning mind. That mind could be so full of corrosion and uh, back attitudes and moods and, and you can wake up with that mind. And I usually do to some degree or another. Um, so I'm aware of that and I'm trying to um, hold back some of the things I might say in this mood. So I'm attempting to do that. But there's one thing I really saw the other day is, um, see, so one of us drives, I think it was, yeah, I think it was my turn to drive, and Lynn went down the driveway, and she's waiting for me to pull the car out of the garage. And uh, something I've been seeing in her, but I, and I've been wanting to, (laughs) when she backs the car up into the driveway, it takes her about five turns to get straight on the driveway. And I do, you guessed it, podcasters, in one. Corolla does it in one, and his little wifey takes five. So now, <laughs> that occurs to me, and I'm joined down, and she's waiting. Oh, I can't wait. I want to tell her. Do you know how long, you know how many turns it took me to get out? No, one. So I make a little point to point out that she's not able to do it. Like, you see, now that that's a small thing. Um, now I know where your son got it from. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He's a pro. Um, so as I'm heading down the driveway, she's about to get in a car, and I'm really dealing with that. That part wants to say to her, you know, it's possible it could be done in the, all that stuff. But it would be more for my own height and myself using her in that case. And, I, and as I experimented with it, and I didn't say anything, just uh, did not say anything, and, um, and you know, we had about a 10-minute drive to the church. A couple of other things popped up. I didn't say it. You know, and there's really something when you, if you really examine and hear what you're saying, now even in small things, I'm not talking about big dramatic things, I'm working on just small things. And you are able to check it. First place to be aware of it. And then make an aim. That there's no need to. That's, uh, the intention is just to blow, you know, to puff myself up and, and you, at her expense. See what I mean? I don't know if you... What's your experience? Uh, I, I do it every day at some level, right? Yep, we all do it. You know, I mean... I can't think of a specific such as, did you ever tell her that? Like, well, hey, honey, you see that one turn? You could do that too, or did you say anything No, to I her? never said, no, not that. I've, there's other, I've been doing this more recently. No, I, ha- I didn't say anything to her. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all do it. I mean, I think of conversations with my friends. I mean, that's what they're all based on, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if your athletic endeavors, a lot of that too. Playing mm-hmm. basketball, I mean, half the game's talking shit, mm-hmm. you know. And I try to be cognizant of it. Like I don't, I don't do it. Like I, I've been playing lately, and I, I play with a friend of mine, and um, I, ha- I'm better than him, but I don't really say it, you know. Mm-hmm. I just play. But then um, I think he won one game. There's a game called Twenty One. He won like two out of twenty. Oh, boy. you know. So and the two times he won was about a week ago 
and and he was starting to gloat about it <laughs> and i was like really i mean i've been cognizant and not talking shit to you this whole time and then i, I felt myself and it was like all right now i want to kill him you know mm-hmm. now i'm not gonna let him score now I'm not gonna, that's it you know yeah like now he's cut off and it's weird how you can just go down that road and you know it, it festers mm-hmm. you know especially with that athletic endeavors it, it, that that really those are things I'm conditioned to winning, you know, from from youth. Mm-hmm. Or usually winning. Yeah. And you know, it just it just struck me how when he said something how it triggered all that stuff for me. Yeah. You know, and then I yeah, I participated and I called him big bug crane and told him he sucked and said mm-hmm. you'll never score again and you know, on and on and on. Right. Right speech is the topic we're talking about right now. To speak rightly to someone and to hear yourself and what's the idea of what what kind of effect does that have on him that I say those things and also watch humor that is the tunnel that we a lot of this goes through you mean like when I called you Lombardi the other week Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah in other words and our little humor stuff sometimes why do we? Why is it always the other person we make the brunt of? If you think about it, if you catch yourself like being funny with some, you'll you'll see that's mostly at the expense of the other. I'm not saying we shouldn't be humorous, or, but just to um, have that idea of I'm going to watch what I'm saying. The humor thing for me like lets me off the hook. You know, it doesn't make you accountable. It kind of gives you an out. It gives you an out to your old behavior or what you know yeah. versus what you don't. or what, what's, It doesn't give you any possibilities. It makes you become old hat, mm-hmm. you know, what you've already got. Yeah. Uh, that's what it does for me anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody laughs and thinks it's funny or whatever, but the, behind the humor is pretty – it's not very funny. Mm. Behind the humor. Things in us that are pushing up for – to be seen, to be parts of us that we don't know, those sub-personalities we used to talk about. You know, Mailer, Norman Mailer, the writer, said an interesting thing about writing that we can put to many different areas. He said, um, let me see if I can remember now. He said, um, a writer has one main task that he must do. He's got to get himself in front of that computer every day. And um, so that the inner writer knows he's serious and some inner part of us will begin. The inner writer actually will write what has to be written. Some inner part of ourselves. Um, And we... And our main job, just get to that computer. Just get to that therapist. Just get to that something. Um, in other words, get there and, and, and your dedication to it uh, is a preparation for something inner to come and speak. I thought, geez, that's really true in a lot of things. Something must get me there. Something must get to that meditation pillow in the morning and every, all kinds of oppositions to it. 
But just get there and sit on it. Just get there. And whatever comes after that will come. So we'll take his... The rush to silence. The rush to... Kind of contradiction. Yeah. Rush to silence. Okay, so... Embarking on our... Our... um, our journey interiorly. So when Ray and I did, I first came to, through the weeds of the unconscious, I saw this obese guy, obese from the beginning, um, fed more and more. The, the, my family's way of treating this poor little depressed guy was just to keep giving him more pasta. That'll do it. And uh, so I, I uh, ate and ate and ate and became, and less to do, I had nothing really to do. I mean, I couldn't do things because I wasn't coordinated right. And, and now I remember my mother had that theory that I was, uh, she called a guest in the hospital. Uh, I guess she was given some kind of uh, anesthesia. And I had gas on the brain. So look, I had two things. A fat stomach and gas on the brain. <laughs> Think of my future. I was either way. I, mean, I was the going. fat gas kid. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the fat, fat gas kid, Ray, calls me of that time. Now, the implications of that, that's just a fat, fat, fat gas kid. But getting out of things, um, faking things, do all kind, all kinds of things went along with it because I realize now this helpless creature, um, you know, couldn't play sports, couldn't uh, had to find all kinds of ways out of everything, including that weight thing that the county used to do. Remember, I told you that, that big weigh-in where I was pronounced at 140 and was only six months old at that time. <laughs> No, what was I? No, six months old? No, uh, eight, nine years old, I mean. Um, hey, but did you dig sports when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, you liked them? Did you follow them? Did oh. you like collect cards or anything weird? Oh, yeah, did you yeah. have favorite players? The Philadelphia Athletics. Are you kidding? The, <laughs> in my world, there was the Phillies and the Philadelphia Athletics. What's their, I forget what they're in. Philadelphia Phillies, yeah. And... Um, in the A's. So in our corner, the A's, that was the athletics. The biggest battles, the whole scenes, the screaming on the corner, everything had to do with those two teams. And that, so I, I, my family came from the A's. Actually, there were families, families who were Philly families and A's families, and my family was an A's family. So we had to do everything we could to argue with the other guys and read statistics and prove that, our, you know, yeah, the A's, the Philadelphia Athletics, who went to Kansas City and ended up in Oakland. Oh, yeah. But that was my A's. Um, um, I knew that outfield, Elmer Vallo, ben, Ch- ben Chapman in center. Oh, who was in right? So you followed the game. Yeah. I mean, closely. <coughs> you were a huge fan. Yeah. Did you participate in any sports, though? No, no, I couldn't. Were you like the last guy picked, like nobody wanted Corolla kind of thing? Yeah, I was schoolyard kind of things. Um, But no, I was was uncoordinated and too heavy and 
But they'd pick up. You'd have, it was mandatory to play to have phys ed, right? Mm-hmm. Like out here, it's mandatory that you play. Well, when I went to school, it was mandatory you play. Now there's too many fat kids. Sorry, Jim. But, you know, you pick teams. You pick squads. Yeah. And then there was always the last kid picked kind of thing mm-hmm. who I'd try and pick first because I thought that wasn't the right thing to do, but I was wrong. But, you know, did you play? Well, because I, you know, because the gym teacher said that, and so when they all went because the gym teacher said you were fat and gas, so you didn't have to participate. <laughs> when they went through all the kids, finally got down to the retarded kids, mongoloids, <laughs> and then me. I was at the end of the mongoloid line. Um, so okay, let's get started. Wait, wait a minute. Somebody's got to pick Corolla. Oh shit, man! Can he take a rest or something? No, he must play. So now, of course, everybody hates me. <laughs> Fat gas boy now has to get Where is he going to play? Um, put him out somewhere. What's the difference? He can't catch anyway. Where is he going to bat? Oh, God, bat. You mean he's going to bat? Oh, God. All right, last 100 and, no, 700, 207th. Put him 207th. That'll do it. Yeah, that that was my thing. Ray. For you. You fared well with the ladies with that. Oh, <laughs> the ladies were absolutely crazy about me. Uh, ew, they go, ooh, fat toe, did you fat go to toe. Prom, did you go to prom or anything oh, like no, that? No, are you kidding? No. Nothing. No. How old were you first date? <laughs> I think my first wife was my first. No. Um, har- hardly any dating at all. And then I've tried to cover it up, which is always the funniest thing in the world. My idea was covering it up. I put a big, my brother came back from the war and he had this big infantry jacket. It was. Like a peacoat or like. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of weatherly. I don't know where the hell he was. Well, he was in the South Pacific, but somehow he ended up with this coat and it had sergeant stripes and different. Oh, so you like had an outfit, you had a uniform to cover yourself up? Our old war veteran, fat boy. Was in the war, no. But did I, you ever use that line? You never did. No, no. I didn't say I was in the war, but also because we didn't have any much clothes, you did. You wore hand me downs. They didn't buy anything for me. You wore your brothers, your cousins, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that this, I thought this covered me. I thought this made me look thin. cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And cool, right? Plus, I had the sergeant stripes on me, and they'd say, "Fat sergeant, you're a fat sergeant." <laughs> How could you be? How old were you when you were sporting that coat around? Oh, let's see. Uh, Let's see. So 31, 41. This is all about 15, 16 in that. So you're like in high school? Yeah, yeah. Junior junior high, going to high. I was always way behind, too. Um, So all the different things that come from. But anyway, before we stop today, let's get to you, Ray. Um, I want to wait. First date. Give me a first date. Oh, God. First kiss, forget that. Oh, kisses. Fat boy kisses? Whatever they were. <laughs> How old were you first kiss? I'll tell you mine if you tell oh, me yours. Oh, okay. Let's see. Where could be the first? You don't mean, act like you don't remember. You remember. On the lips? Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not one of my war veterans kisses? No, you know, from no. The no it's got to be a woman. No dude oh, stories. No. You got to tell about a girl and what, how old were you and when it happened? She had to be a Was f- it in Philly or were you already out of Philly? 
Oh, apparently you're you're stalling. What I are you know, doing? I really, but first first kiss for me is back like eighty years ago. For you, it's forty something. Um, okay, let me think. Did I kiss in high school? No, I don't think I did. I didn't go to the prom. No, no, that's a, you know, that, this is the sad part, the part that we're talking about with you, too, is that part of, the sad part of this is that of, yeah, no, I didn't, they, so what, oh, it must have been after high school, um, you know, somewhere like 20s or 19 or, um, I, I paid this girl $40 to give her a kiss, no, was that, no, that wasn't it, was, let me think, I must have had some, Vague kind of thing called a date. Right? Um, I'd say late teens, maybe early 20s. First my, kiss. First kiss. What's yours? Mine was we had these babysitters. Uh-oh. Yeah. They were fantastic. But they had a friend who was um, super pretty, and she was like in a Breck commercial. Oh. And she was older. I mean, she was, you know, I was a little kid. I was like 11 or something or 10. And she would walk me to the liquor store so she could get cigarettes, and then she'd like oh. she'd kiss me. Oh boy! She would just like make out with me. Oh. I was a kid. I was like a kid. How old? Like eleven. <gasps> she was about seventeen, eighteen. You started early. That, and, no, then I went on a, a hiatus for like twenty-five years. <laughs> no, that, but that was the first kiss, oh. and I told my older brother about it, who was three years older than me. So no, I must have been younger than that because we wouldn't need a babysitter back then because he would have been 15, 14 or something. So he was like, I couldn't have been that young, though. But anyway, I had told him about her, you know. And then, um, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, my parents would go out. And so these girls would come and watch us. And they lived, like, they were associated with the people that lived upstairs. And um, so they would come down. They'd be hanging out. And I was there with my older brother, of course, and then he looks over at the girls, you know, when they're mm-hmm. all sitting around on the couch and goes, um, yeah, Ray's got a crush on um, Susie, oh, you know, yeah. right in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, fuck, you got to oh. be kidding me, Rob. Mm-hmm. Beat Red, ran in my room, mm-hmm. and that's the time of, like the unknown comic was out. Went and got a garbage bag or a grocery bag, cut eye holes in it, and put it oh. over my head. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be oh, seen. Oh, God. Oh. I was just thoroughly I was I was crushed oh. that she knew that I had, you know, an affinity for her and obviously she did for me too, but it was kinda like a little taboo thing. You know, that was a little I mean, that's dicey. You know, I was a kid. Yeah. And she was more or less uh, you know, a woman. Oh, I mean, God. good dicey for me. It's not yeah. like I was complaining or anything, oh, yeah. you know. No, yeah. no, no. I was thoroughly happy. That was exciting. Yeah. And the other one was um do you want to tell virginity stories, or you don't want to do that? No, no. Come on. No. You have to do that, though. You know we have to do that. I'll mine, tell mine. If you you want me to go first, mine or you will be coming up soon. <laughs> I think. What am I? Eighty now. If I can make it, I think my birthday. Oh God, I don't. Know. That's coming very soon. Just, just it'll be here. I think. I'll tell mine. All right. Later. Not, you're no, not, you're not, I'll no. tell it. No, I'll tell it. It's Go not ahead. a big deal. We got a scat soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so first kiss, you were in your 20s. Do you remember her name? Oh, God. No. I, I, I don't By know the way, you know person. what you were talking about? I started sweating and getting tension when I was uh, talking about that. Mm-hmm. You know, in reference to, like, what does tension do? 
I mean, it does. It still makes me nervous to this day thinking about that or talking about it. Wow, it was pretty strange. Yeah. So something's yeah something's something's uh, rallying you. I mean, something is there's something there that needs to come out. Um, something. Yeah, that's interesting that you see that. Like my palms got a little sweaty yeah. when I was talking about her. That's the tension. Yeah. Oh, that's really for our podcast people. You can see that Ray just stumbled onto something that was important. And that he said just talking about this subject, which seems like we you know we're just kind of laughing about and so on. But he began to sweat and see that's that's the physiological part that comes when we're touching an area that hasn't been really integrated or resolved or understood or and he began to have those symptoms of it that's and he just stumbled on it in our search yeah go ahead no it's it's an interesting thing to look at you know that it would trigger that for me mm-hmm. and i i mean i definitely have unresolved issues and stuff like that you know and i was a kid yeah. i mean i was a i was a super young kid even though i was you know I was big for my age. I was always, you know, pretty much the biggest kid on the block kind of stuff. But, oh. you know, I was young. Yeah, something something stuck there with you. That's going to be an interesting to see what comes and what, if you ever could reach the place where <clears throat> it can be, the light could come on that. Um as it stays in the dark, and it just happened to be touched because we were in this area, and so it just spontaneously came up, and this and uh, physical symptoms started to come up. That's an interesting one. How we do it? Um, I strangely feel embarrassed about it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Even though I wasn't in charge, kind of thing. Yeah, you were just a kid, but, but strangely embarrassed. Do I think I should have done something? Should have I? I should have stopped? fucked her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, see, there's the humor thing we were mm-hmm. talking about. We better wrap this up. I'm yeah. going to get in trouble. <laughs> okay, so, well, you remember where we started for the last week where we were going to do a little scat rap? Hey, scat rap, and um, finish our show. Um, so here comes our little scat rap. As we finish. Have I heard any of this yet? Have I haven't you heard. heard uh, I don't know what you're going to do. Just follow you. Scott. Yeah. We're, Number we're, four. Make the quarter note. Yeah, I'll kill you. One, two. A one, two, three. Papa do do dee ba do day. Papa do. Papa do. A dee ba do day. A dee ba do day. They're good, right? Ba ba do ba do be be ba do ba 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 do ba do be dee 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 ba be be ba ba boo boo ba ba boo. Now that's easy. Here we go. Be be ba ba boo boo ba ba. You hear that, Ray? Ba ba do. Okay, we're going now. He's answering everything I'm doing. Do now. Here we go. New chorus. It's a blues progression. So it's on the bed. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I have a little harder one. Doobidoo bow. 
I'll do some 64th notes. Here we go. Get ready, Ray. You're going to get Not that, no. Beep, beep, boop, boop, ba, ba, do, Here we go. I'll cue you. Here we go. Beep, beep, ba, ba, boop, boop, ba, ba, do, Ray. Ray is becoming a scatter. Do, ba, 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 that was me, that was me. That's Fruity, 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 fruity. Yeah, fruity, said I. I'm glad to be, Bob. Bob, 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 Bob,